Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode. I hope you're enjoying it. We've had many episodes released over something like six or seven years, so there's more than enough to keep you occupied here. With over 330 episodes of free content just on iTunes and about 3,000 episodes of content on our firmsconsulting.com website and strategy.com website, there's a lot of material here. But I think what's important is that you need to take the time and go through the material that you need. We don't duplicate content. So anything we publish here, we're not going to be publishing on firmsconsulting.com or strategytraining.com. Our flagship is strategytraining.com with our most advanced content. But we provide enough foundational material here for you to guide yourself. The advanced material will obviously help, but iTunes content is a good place to start. Even people within strategy training, we always tell them to supplement the advanced material there. Go to the iTunes podcast. Before I get into this, I want to give you an example of the problem I'm going to talk about. Now, many of you are subscribers to Firms Consulting. And you may or may not have watched TCO2. TCO2 is where Kevin Coyne, who used to be the former worldwide co-leader of the strategy practice at McKinsey, and he was obviously a senior partner there, does these cases with candidates in a video format. So you can watch him show them how a dinner goes. They're eating and he goes through a mock dinner conversation. And he does cases with them and so on. There is one episode there and he's doing a case with Alice and he asks her a question. He tells her, look, before you do the case, talk me through X. Now, what Alice is doing there is she either ignores him or doesn't hear it, and she gives him her framework. Then he comes back and says, okay, nice framework, but before we do that, give me something else. She goes back to her framework. If you count, that happens three to four times. Three to four times, whereby no matter what Kevin is asking her, she goes back to her framework. Now, I got an interesting comment from someone once who told me, but Michael, this is not the way McKinsey does cases because I was told you always use a framework. Okay, I'm not going to answer this question. I'm going to put it in perspective. You've got the former worldwide practice leader, senior partner of McKinsey, who used to almost always do final round cases, doing a case in a certain format. So the comment implies that Kevin is doing it wrong somehow. And what you've read somewhere else is more correct than what Kevin is saying. The point I'm trying to make here is this. Alice, like everyone else has read, you must give a framework. And she goes into the case giving a framework. But Kevin is not asking for a framework. He's asking for her to explain a concept before they go into the framework. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up to you is that when people go into cases, they go with a preconceived notion of what to do, and they tend to ignore the guidance on the interviewer. And if you're saying that's not true, you can watch the video. I see this happening to me all the time. I'll tell a candidate to do something, but they read in a book somewhere that they must do X. And they just keep on defaulting that. Even though I'm the interviewer and asking them to do something else, they default to what the book said. Now, why is this important? People always ask me, do I do a case in an interview-led format or interviewer-led format? Interviewee-led format is where the interviewee, the person who's being interviewed, like most people in this podcast, leads the case, pointing out what's to be analyzed and so on. In an interviewer-led format, the person doing the interview basically tells you what to do. People always say, Michael, how can I determine which technique to use? It's very simple. You listen to the interviewer. The interviewer will tell you what to do. If an interviewer just say a company wants to buy a ship, how do you solve the case? Isn't it obvious you need to come up with a structure to solve the case? Because they ask, what do you do? It's open-ended. From the other hand, I said, a company wants to buy a ship, but before you start, talk me through the biggest issue with owning a ship. Then there it's obvious that before you start, talk me through the biggest issue of owning a ship. And then I will guide you. If I say nothing, then you need to drive the case. If I 
say things, then I'm driving the case. Don't go into an interview saying that or thinking that this is a McKinsey case. It's always going to be interviewer-led because it's not always interviewer-led. You most likely are going to face people that use different interview styles. Don't go into a BCG case saying this is always interviewee-led. You're going to face different styles. Given the amount of people that move between McKinsey and BCG and are trained by different partners before they even join the firms, styles change. Your job is not to predict four weeks before the case what style to use. Your job is to pay attention to the interviewer and follow the guidance they give you. If they give you no guidance, then clearly you need to lead, right? But the question isn't when to use interviewee versus the interviewer-led styles. The question is, how do I communicate best with the interviewer given the way they are communicating with me. If you just focus on that, if you focus, how do I communicate with the interviewer? You will naturally end up using the right style. I'm going to give this to you in a different way so you understand it. Imagine you go on a date. Now you've heard, you've heard that New Day German people, they are very precise and technical in their language and they are not very friendly. So you go on a date. I'm going to use a girl as an example because I'm a guy. With this beautiful German lady. And because you've, you've read this, that Germans are very technical, very precise, and don't like to show emotion, you speak in a very, very pure technical language. You don't make any jokes. You don't show much emotion because you've been told it doesn't work. But then this beautiful, bubbly lady wants to talk about art. She wants to talk about a movie. She's smiling and cracking jokes. What do you think is going to happen if you are acting in one way and the lady is acting in a different way? Obviously, it's going to fail. The same principle applies in cases. If the interviewer is doing the case in one way, you have to do the case in that way. You can't come out of that and say, well, I thought this was a McKinsey interview. And I was told that a McKinsey interview must always be interviewer that I didn't know I had to lead. You're not going to get a second date. The German lady is not going to give you a second date. She's going to go to people and say, this guy I had no personality. He spoke in some weird way that I didn't understand. He never smiled. He didn't laugh at any of my jokes. He didn't want to discuss art, paintings, literature, wine, whatever it is people do when they're showing emotion. I don't know. Now, that analogy I gave you of the date sounds ridiculous, but do you not see it's the same thing? I cannot stress this enough. If you just respond to whatever the interviewer asks you to do, and if you respond and directly address whatever they ask you to do, it doesn't matter whether it's interviewer-led or interviewee-led because you're doing the case the way they want you to do it, right? Another example of this, right? Let's assume that I'm meeting my father-in-law for the first time, and I've been told my father-in-law only wants to discuss model airplanes. He loves model airplanes, right? So I spend three weeks memorizing everything about model airplanes. So I go to meet him and he wants to talk about a football game. So I say, you know, what I want to do is, you know, I spent the whole weekend building a model airplane. And the biggest problem I had was painting the tail wing because it's very hard to get the, the intricate designs working. And he looks at me and says, yeah, that's interesting. But, you know, did you watch the game? And I say, yeah, I watched the game. But let's just talk about the model airplane because that's, you know, where we're going. That's the analogy here. You are doing a case in a way you think it should go versus where the interviewer wants to go. On the other hand, I just have a conversation about the football game. 
You asked me about the football game, I said, look, it was a wonderful game. The only part I didn't like is that I don't like overtime and I don't like a game that ends with penalties because I feel that penalties are not the best way to show the skill of a team. And he says, no, I disagree with that because teams practice with penalty kicking. It's part of what a team does to be good. They know it could end with penalties. They practice for it. So how can it not be a good way to end the game? And I say, yes, you're right. It's probably not fair for me to say it's not the best way to show football skills. It's just that I like when a game is won on the field versus penalty. So I agree, it is a skill, but it would be nice to see some more creative play because the penalty is just a spot kick. He says, yeah, and I agree with you that, that way. A game that's won on the field is obviously more creative and it would have been much more exciting. But what did you think of the final penalty, right? Didn't you think it was amazing the way the ball curved? And I say, yeah, look, it was amazing. I don't know how he did that. I've never seen anyone curve the ball at that degree. But I think what is surprising is that he managed to take out a goalkeeper who he had played with many times who knew how this guy kicks i can't believe that goalkeeper didn't know he would play a signature move and, and do you see how that goes it doesn't matter that i'm trying to figure out whether he likes football or whether he likes trains i'm just answering the question that is put before me and that's the way you need to do cases the interviewer's style and questions will determine whether he wants to go in an interviewer-led format or interviewee-led format you don't have to worry about that the reason we fail is because we ignore the interviewer and try to do whatever we want to do. Now, I want to make a very important statement. I know it's hard to do cases. I did cases a long time ago. It is scary. When I say ignore, I know you're not doing it on purpose. But that doesn't change the fact that you are ignoring the interviewer. Your reasons may be because you're scared, because everyone tells you this, or because you know, you're just afraid of making a mistake. Your reasons are noble. But it doesn't change the fact when an interviewer is listening to you, he feels he's being ignored. Now, some of them are going to be nice about it. They know you're scared, they know you're anxious, and they're going to they're gonna make it good for you, but you're still ignoring them. And until you not ignore them, you're going to have problems in the case. And when you have a lack of communication, even when the interviewer wants to help you, they can't help you because they're saying one thing and you're saying something completely different. So if you want to know when to use the interviewee versus the interviewer style, my advice is don't try to answer that question. Focus 100% on the interviewer and answer the question they pose to you. If they ask you a question, answer that question. You'll have a conversation about it. Then they'll ask you another question. You answer that question directly. Then you'll have a conversation. Then they'll ask you another question. If they don't ask you another question, then you can say, okay, how would you like me to move the case forward? I can prioritize this area, that area. You notice how it shifted from them asking you a question, which is interviewer-led, to you proposing where to go, which is interviewee-led. Cases shift like that all the time. If you've done cases with me, you know that I always want you to lead. And the reason for that, which I'll probably put together in a different podcast, is that you can't be led until you lead. You don't have the tools to be led until you can lead. Leading is much harder. It's very easy to be led. You can solve cases beautifully if you are led, but I don't know if you can prioritize and structure by yourself unless you lead. So I let you lead. On the other hand, if you struggle to lead, I'll step in and lead the case. So a lot of people say, but Michael, you did that case. You told me this is going to be an interviewee-led case, but you led the case. But I say, yes, I had to lead the case because you were messing up. And I had to tell you what to do. If you weren't messing up, I would let you lead it. So remember, the direction of a case and who's leading is largely dependent by your performance as well. If you can't do anything and you're really struggling, obviously the interviewer is not going to make you suffer. They're going to step in and guide you. As always, if you have any comments or questions, I'm more than happy to help you. But remember that this is not difficult. It's not hard. Just focus on the basics and you'll be fine.